What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the legendary Law & Order Stories of the Wild Wild West. Going back to our theme of Tombstone. Today we're going to be talking about Curly Bill Brocious, B R O C I U S. I remember him. He was the big character in the movie Tombstone. William Brocious was born in 1845 and passed away in 1882. Let's look a little bit of his life in Arizona. Actually, before we get to that, let's find out a little bit more about him. He was a gunman, rustler, and a outlaw cowboy in the Cochise County of Arizona during the 1870s and early 1880s. His name is likely an alias. Some evidence links him to another outlaw named William Curly Bill Bresnaham, who was convicted of an 1878 attempted robbery and murder in El Paso. Brocious had a number of conflicts with the lawmen of the Earp family. We'll look at that in a little while. And he was named as one of the individuals who participated and Morgan Earp's assassination. Brocious arrived in Arizona around 1878, went briefly to the San Carlos Reservation with a herd of cattle before arriving in the Arizona Territory. Brocious was an outlaw cowboy and a rustler. What's a rustler? Well, they go around stealing cattle. And was also for a time a tax collector for Cochise County Sheriff, get this, Johnny Behan, making other rustlers pay taxes on their stolen cattle. The money went into the sheriff's coffers and added to his salary. Brocious was known for a mean sense of humor. When he was drunk, he was reported to have perpetrated such practical jokes as using gunfire to make a preacher dance during a sermon, making Mexicans at a community dance take off their clothes and dance naked. Both incidences were reported by Wells Fargo agent Fred Dodge. An unauthenticated, an unauthenticated photo of Brocious is displayed in the Birdcage Theater Museum in Tombstone. Two unauthenticated photos of Brocious have been provided by descendants. Several writers who knew Brocious reported that he was well-built with curly black hair and freckled complexion. In 1880, in a drunken revelry, some of Curly Bill's friends were firing pistols into the air on October 28, 1880. Remember this scene from the movie? He was in a dark vacant lot between Toughnut and Allen Street near where the Birdcage Theater now stands. Tombstone's town marshal, Fred White, remember him, attempted to disarm Curly Bill and grabbed his weapon by the barrel. The gun discharged, striking White in the groin. White Earp had borrowed Fred's Dodge pistol and pistol whip Brocious. At the preliminary hearing for Brocious, afterward, White testified that he heard White say, I am an officer, give me your pistol. When he got close, he saw Brocious remove his pistol from his holster and White, and White grabbed it by the barrel. He said he put his arms around Brocious from behind to see if he had any other weapons. And White gave a quick jerk and the pistol went off. White fell to the ground wounded when the pistol discharged. Wyatt buffaloed Brocious and arrested him. Buffaloed is the act of using a handgun as a blunt weapon and hitting somebody over the head. 
Brocious complained, what have I done? I have not done anything to be arrested for. Brocious, now according to the movies, he was high on opium. Whether that's true or not, stories don't say. White was carried to a doctor. They initially thought he would recover, and the next day he gave a statement that exonerated Curly, Curly Bill of murder, but that night, White's condition worsened. Brocious later claimed that his gun discharged accidentally and reportedly immediately regretted shooting White, which we kind of see from the movie. There was some kind of regret. Remember, he was really sad. No, Fred, no, don't die. He testified at his trial that he did not consider himself to have committed a crime. Brocious waived his right to a preliminary hearing, apparently because he feared a lynching. As White was very popular as town marshal, Brocious was anxious to be moved out of town. Pima County Deputy Sheriff Earl, I mean Earp and George Collins took Brocious to Tucson for trial. White died two days after Curly Bill shot him. Before dying, White testified he thought the pistol had accidentally discharged and that he did not believe Curly Bill shot him on purpose. Wyatt Earp supported this testimony, ironically given his, last, his later vendetta against Brocious and the rest of the cowboy gang, as did a demonstration that a Brocious pistol could be fired from half cock and the fact that it had been found to contain six rounds with only one of them fired. After spending most of November and December in jail awaiting trial, Brocious was acquitted with a verdict of accidental death. Wyatt told his biographer, John Flood, many years later that he thought that Brocious was still armed at the time and did not notice that Brocious' pistol lay on the ground in the dark until Brocious was already down. Despite being responsible for the deaths of several other men during his life, Brocious had apparently personally liked Fred Wyatt and maintained that his death had been an accident. Brocious has been described by contemporary authors and as, uh, as a uh, most deadly pistol shot of the Cowboys, that ruthless gang, able to hit running jackrabbits and shoot out candle flames without breaking the candles or lantern, hor lantern holders. When drunk, Brocious was also known for a mean sense of humor and for such practical jokes as we mentioned earlier. On 1881, Brocious and his friend Johnny Ringo, who we did another podcast, you can catch that one of the previous ones we've done, Rode to Maxey near Camp Thomas, Arizona. Cowboy Dick Lloyd got drunk while playing poker in a saloon. After shooting and wounding one man, Lloyd rode his horse into the saloon where Brocious was drinking. Brocious and several other men resented the interruption, and about a dozen of them, including Curly Bill, shot and killed Lloyd. Owner of the saloon, O'Neill, took the blame and was acquitted. On May 25th, this is about two months later, 1881, Brocious was drinking heavily in Galeyville with his friend of several months, Jim Wallace, and eight out of the nine other cowboys. Wallace insulted Brocious' friend and ally, Tombstone Deputy Billy Breckenridge. Breckenridge ignored him, but Brocious took offense and insisted that Wallace accompany him to apologize. Brocious threatened to kill him. Wallace complied, but Brocious afterward heaped abuse on Wallace, announcing, You damned Lincoln County son of a... you know what... I'll kill you anyhow. Wallace left the saloon and Curly Bill followed him. Feeling threatened, Wallace shot Curly Bill, wounding him in the cheek and neck. Marshal Breckenridge arrested Wallace, but the court ruled he acted in self-defense. Curly Bill may have first met Pony Deal around this time as well. Deal was implicated in several cowboy criminal activities later on. Charles Ray was his real name. Pony Deal was the nickname, possibly Deal, like D-E-A-L. He was an Old West outlaw in the New Mexico Territory. He was accused by Wyatt Earp of having taken part in an attempt to kill his brother Virgil Earp. In July 1881, you can see a lot of activity here in these few months, Bill Leonard and Harry Heed attempted to rob William and Isaac Hazlitt's general store. 
in New Mexico. The Haslip brothers killed Leonard and Head during the holdup. That's Bill and Harry. Some modern researchers state that Brocious and friend Johnny Ringo rode to New Mexico to avenge their friend's death and killed both Haslip brothers. Remember, so Bill and Harry tried to rob William and Isaac Haslip's general store. The brothers ended up killing those two. Looks like Brocious and Ringo went to avenge them. However, no witnesses to this crime were found, nor to Curly Bill's involvement in the Haslip's deaths. Four months after Brocious was shot on October 6th, George Parsons rode through the McLowry Ranch Brothers Ranch in Sulphur Springs as part of an Indian scouting party and noted that Brocious had not yet fully recovered from his wound, but was well enough to ride. For this reason, many historians doubt that Brocious actually ever took place, took part in killing William and Isaac Hazlitt. In July, reports say that Brocious ambushed a Mexican trail herd in what became known as the Skeleton Canyon Massacre. Six vaqueros with cowboys were killed and the remainder captured and possibly tortured and murdered. The Skeleton Canyon massacres reported two separate attacks on Mexican citizens in 1879 and 1881. Skeleton Canyon is located in the Peloncillo Mountains, Hidalgo County now, which straddles the modern Arizona and New Mexico state line border. This canyon connects the Animas Valley of New Mexico with the San Simon Valley of Arizona. Now the one they were talking about was the 1881 massacre uh, Curly Bill supposedly learned that several Mexican smugglers carrying silver were heading to Arizona through Skeleton Canyon. Curly Bill around other, and around other 20 men, including Johnny Ringo, ambushed the smugglers, killing four and stealing four billion, four hundred, no, four thousand in bullion and livestock. Commander Nary again sent a detachment of about of rurales led by Captain Carrillo across the border. This time, the Rurales successfully ambushed the Cowboys, killing five, including Old Man Clanton and Jim Crane, in what became known as the Guadalupe Canyon Massacre. Curly Bill reportedly sold the stolen Mexican beef to Newman Haynes Clanton the next month when Old Man Clanton was herding the beef on the trail to Tombstone. He and four others were ambushed in the Guadalupe Canyons we just mentioned. No reports were verified, though, of Curly Bill's involvement in any of these episodes. Brocious was still recovering from being shot in the face by Wallace just six weeks earlier. Some modern researchers doubt again that he was involved in any of this. Maybe just more legendary stories to beef up his credibility or his stature. Following the gunfight at the OK Corral on October, 8, October 26, 1881, Brocious robbed the tombstone Bisbee stagecoach. And then the next day, the tombstone Benson stage. Deputy U.S. Marshal Wider gathered a posse and rode after the men, but it was unable to find him in the Chiricahua Mountains. Brocious returned to Tombstone on March 17th. He was named by Pete Spence's wife as a participant in the assassination of Morgan Earp. Justice of the Peace, Wells Spicer, disallowed her testimony because it was hearsay and because she could not testify against her husband. Lacking evidence, the prosecution dropped all charges against the Cowboys. Deputy U.S. Marshal Wider killed outlaw Frank Stilwell in Tucson on March, March 20th while guarding his brother Virgil en route to California. On March 24, 1882, the Earp Party was expecting to meet Charlie Smith at Iron Springs. Smith was bringing cash from Tombstone about 20 miles. As they surmounted to the edge of, wa of a wash near the springs, they stumbled upon Brocious, Pony Deal, Johnny Barnes, Bill Hicks, Ed Lyle, and the rest cooking a meal alongside. According to Wyatt Earp, 
He was in the lead of the posse when they suddenly came upon the cowboy's camp. The cowboys began firing just as Earp dismounted and thought for a moment they had shot him, but had his saddle horn hit, hit his saddle horn instead. Texas Jack, whose horse was killed, remained cool under fire and stuck close to Wyatt during the fight. Doc Johnson, Doc Holliday, I'm sorry, Johnson and McMasters fired their weapons and sought cover. Wyatt Earp was was away on an errand at the time. Well, not Wyatt Earp, I'm sorry, Warren Earp was away at the errand, uh, on an errand at the time. Eighteen months prior, Wyatt Earp had protected Brocious against a mob ready to lynch him for killing town marshal Fred White and then provided testimony that helped him spare him from a murder conviction. Now he had Curly Bill Brocious firing at Earp, the irony of it all, with a shotgun from about 50 feet, but missed. Earp returned fire over his horse using a 22-inch 10-gauge shotgun. He killed Brocious with a load of buckshot to the stomach, nearly cutting him in half, the story goes. Brocious fell into the water at the edge of the spring. The cowboys fired a number of shots at the Earp party, but the lawman's fire was so intense those cowboys who could left. Earp's long coat was punctured by bullets on both sides. Another bullet struck his boot heel and a saddle horn was hit as well, burning the saddle hide and narrowly missing Wyatt. Firing his pistol, Earp shot Johnny Barnes in the chest and Mel Hicks in the arm. Vermilion, Cactus Jack, tried to retrieve his rifle, wedged in the scabbard under his fallen horse, exposing himself to the cowboy's gunfire. But Doc Holliday came in to help him and provide a cover. Earp had trouble remounting his horse due to a cartridge belt that slipped down his legs. He was finally able to get on his horse and retreat. McMasters was grazed by a bullet that cut through the straps of his field glasses. This is intense. Earp biographer wrote that the cowboys buried Brocious's body on the nearby ranch of Frank Patterson's near the Babacomari River. This is close to the original McLaurie Ranch. Fred Dodge, an undercover operative for Wells Fargo, asked Curly Bill's associates about his death. He wrote that he talked to J.B. Ayers, a saloon, a saloon keeper of Charleston, where the outlaws and rustlers headquartered, and they told him that the men who were in the fight told him that Wyatt Earp killed Curly Bill. And that they took a body with the body away that night, and they buried him on the Patterson's ranch. The Tombstone Nugget first put up a $1,000 reward for proof of Curly Bill uh, if he was alive, and the Tombstone Epitaph encountered with the Countered with a $2,000 reward, neither was ever collected. Brocious was not wanted by the law in Arizona, and if he was not dead, he had no reason to disappear. He was also unlikely to return to Texas, where according to Wyatt Earp's recollection, he was probably still wanted for murder. So you can see a crazy story about Brocious Bill. Unfortunately, we don't have much on Curly Bill's upbringing. We don't know um, what about his parents or anything of that nature. It gets difficult when you go so far back. But what we do know, again, is that Wyatt Earp killed Curly Bill, just like in the movie, during the shootout. In his journal written in 1881, George Parsons refers to Brocious as Arizona's most famous outlaw. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.